You know what? There you go. Brian Casey, I found the place where when we do our Tulsa, our, our next Tulsa day, send me over to Fair Meadows if it's still there. It's a big question. But they got the OTB here, so you can uh, place a wager or two on horse racing all day long, and we're going to be here pretty much all day long. Am I to understand correctly that after our show and after Steel Man and Thune at noon, and then right after Locked In, one Teddy Lehman will be live from out here at Newcastle Casino. Ding, ding, ding. Teddy, heads up. The stoplight in front of the Sonic is a flashing red light, not a green light. So just because the car next to you goes doesn't mean you can go. And it is being monitored closely. <laughs> hey, did I tell you? So in, during breaks, during a break, I mean, this shows you how scattered the setup for this show has been. We're going into the third hour. And I just now went out to get the chair out of my car. The same officer that was, you know, he gave me a warning. Hey, be careful. Slow down. I know you're running late for work. We'll, we'll trust you this time. He had a dude pulled over in the parking lot. My man's getting work done. Yeah. Newcastle is safe. Get out of here to Newcastle Casino on a Monday. All right. Um, hour three brought to you by Mop and Roofing. Josh, any other loose ends we need to tie before we hit the top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino? I don't think so. I think it's time to just kind of uh, get after it. Let's do it. Time for the top five stories of the day. Here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Though I will say, Sean, Merry Christmas, Sean. I, I want to tell you something. I only I stayed away from my phone on Saturday night because of the Raiders game. So I, I, I owe many of you return Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday text messages. For that, I am sorry. This is my gift to you today. But, Sean, <laughs> I'm working on the Monday after Christmas. Merry Christmas. But Sean writes, good grief. I, didn't expe- I don't expect to win. I just don't want a QB to run all over us. This is OU Football 2022. Wow. I mean, as I talk about a lot, there's a great show on Mad TV. Well, actually, there's a great show on Fox. It was called Mad TV. Several got their start there. Um, it was the big guy that got skinny and is kind of big again. Ten-minute podcast. Will um, uh, I keep wanting to say Will Ferrell, and that's not it. But they had, they had a couple of funny comedians that were on there, and they had a bit called Lowered Expectations. And it was a dating service, right? And in that dating service, it was, hey, you're not a nine, you might not be an eight, and you're definitely not a seven or a six. You're a five, and it's time to start playing in, uh, in courses that are more your speed. Lowered expectations. So maybe Sean Nate is just a product of lowered expectations. And quickly from the 405, okay, Ted Roof has to go for the simple fact that he never delivers the punchline. I can only picture Ron White when he is talking. That's pretty good. He's got a little Ron. He got a little tater to him. I can see that. Um, it's all. It's pretty funny. Like a comedian, like a sports talk show host that always teases something and never gets to it. <laughs> Could that be? Um, yeah, not this show. Not this show. Um, but a coach that is like, oh, he's he's getting he's getting somewhere, with, with, and then all of a sudden it just stops. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Uh, big. St- I don't know if that was a proper read for Newcastle Casino, but here we are. Big story number five. Number five. Will Sasso. Will Sasso. Darn it. I was trying to find it. I, they beat me. Quinn, well done. When I first moved to town, uh, the 10-minute podcast with Will, Will Sasso, Chris DeLuia, uh, and they had a third host that was on there. That was my uh, ride that was my ride-along because I'd ride my bike to work every day. So I'd pop in the AirPod and I'd listen to the 10-minute podcast. Actually, I think I say AirPod. I'm pretty sure in those days it was still the wired headsets. But you get my drift. <laughs> All right. Um, big story number five. Let's get caught up on two kind of non-football stories here right at big story number five. Um, have you followed at all, Josh Helmer, the Carlos Correa situation? Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, look, I'm not living it uh, in Major League Same. Baseball. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm following. Same. So – Carlos Correa signs this or agrees to this monster deal with the San Francisco Giants, only to learn that they failed him in his physical or found something they didn't like. Now, what's funny about it is, depending on which side you're on, this is either the Giants' fault or Scott Boris's fault. So the Mets come swooping in and give him this massive contract. But what happens over the weekend? Well, the Mets find something wrong with his physical. So he's he's bound to the Mets is what it looks like now. Looks like he's staying with the Mets, but they're going to work through some issues that they had. The deal is still on, but the contract could be reworked to account for the injury issue. So there's our Major League Baseball talk for the day. Carlos Correa, not a twin, not a giant, Maybe a Yankee or maybe a Met. We'll see how it plays out. And then Adrian Wojnarowski decided to drop a little Woj bomb on us this weekend whenever he said that basically James Harden is trying to work his way back to Houston. Now, that would be pretty wild. But as it stands right now, things are going pretty well for the Philadelphia 76ers. They're playing pretty good basketball, and it would just seem odd, Josh, that a story like this would come out now unless someone wanted it to get out. So is Harden trying to pave a way to get back to Houston, or is it just a way to try to get that new deal from the Philadelphia 76ers? Regardless, regardless, Things are looking up in Philly right now. Yeah, because he's got this season and then the player option for that's next right. year, and that's that's it. So you get down to where you've only got the player option left, and you're right. It, it's about signing that next four or five-year deal. Yep, I agree. Um, anything else? Like everything here on out is like football, NFL, college football related. Is there anything else non-football-wise that kind of caught your attention this weekend? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't so. think so either. We got – uh, OU basketball getting things back on track coming up what next week so a li- little bit of a downtime on all the uh, the basketball schedule side of things what men's basketball opens up uh, conference play on New Year's Eve in Norman against Texas women's hoops is in Morgantown on New Year's Eve so uh, a little bit of a downtime right now for OU Hoops, so had a chance to focus a little bit more on football. All right, let's get all the injury updates from the NFL with big story number four. Number four. So, unfortunately, one of them and both of them that I have here involve Oklahoma Sooners. 
Bad news. Looks like Lane Johnson is done for the rest of the regular season. And now Philadelphia has been playing kind of a a game of semantics with these injury reports right now, Josh. And I know for gamblers, they don't like it. For for me um, uh, personally, I, I, I get it. But I'm, I'm worried about the long-term viability of both Jalen Hurts and now the long-term viability of one Lane Johnson. Johnson has um, – what, what was I – I just had it right here in front of my face. An abdominal injury. Abdominal injury. He's out for the rest of the regular season, and the playoffs are TBD, to be determined. So Lane Johnson is out, uh, and it looks like – Abdominal look- tear. Ooh, he's not playing the rest of the year, right? Has uh, This is, let's see here, Tim McManus, ESPN. Eagles are hopeful that four-time Pro Bowl right tackle Lane Johnson will return for the postseason, but he has a torn tendon in the abdominal area and uh, not expected to play again mm. this uh, regular mm. season. But they're hoping for the playoffs. Same thing they said with the shoulder of Jalen Hurts, so we'll see how that pans out. Though uh, Gardner Minshew... Did some nice things. He did. He looked pretty good. I wouldn't complain too much about Gardner Minshew. Uh, well, oh no, dude. Well, let's let's that that's big story number four. Big story number three. Number three. We'll recap week sixteen. But according to, uh, I I hate these. I, I hope we're not trying to. But apparently Pele has passed away. Uh, he had been battling an illness. But, again, I, I don't think that this is – I don't know if this is a legit account or not, but Jacob Christner from Sideline Sports retweeted it, so I'm not going to – he's been sick. Pele has been battling health issues, so let's hope this is another one of these fake reports. Did you notice that stupid tr- – we're really getting off kilter here real quick, but – we pause the top five stories of the day for hopefully a story that's not in this list. But did you catch that? And I'm not a TikTok guy, but I'm Instagram reels, so I see everything. Did you catch that trend that went viral this weekend about telling family members about celebrities that had died and they're really not dead? No, I didn't see what that is, trend at all. That's, no, that sounds rotten. It's terrible. It's terrible. But yet, I guess you get a reaction, so you get the clicks. I mean, my goodness. Well, and then he got me. Just, it's like only only a matter of time before, unfortunately, somebody's joke ends up being correct. By the way, it did get me thinking, 405-329-9000, who is the celebrity you'd like to bring back from the dead? Or what celebrity did you think and hope that his death was fake? 329. If you could have dinner with one celebrity, alive <laughs> or dead, which celebrity would it be? Uh, what, a, what a terrible, terrible trend that started over this weekend. There you go. Uh, Mazios. Mazios for lunch today, Josh. My Is man's somebody all reading off it. the uh, address? I, I, I don't know. Or the he phone number? By. What was that? He saw, who we, he saw who we are. He gave me a thumbs, a thumbs up, and he said we got to go to Mazios and gave me the address for that lunch. Was like, uh, that was like ancient Greece or the Roman civilization there. It was like a walking advertisement. I just, I've never seen that. That's never happened before. Usually there's a thumbs up and uh, try to tell so-and-so that he's terrible or I, I think we need to trade for so-and-so. I've never seen anyone come by and give an advertisement for a place. <laughs> Very like, fun. I'm not even mad. All right, um, big story number three. Number three. 
again. Well, we'll check that story on Pele. Let's hope it's not uh, legit. So we'll get to arguably one of the best games of the weekend, at least for Oklahoma fans, coming up here in just a bit. But uh, Sunday Night Football, while ugly, did have a little bit of a dramatic finish to it. So there was there was that for the Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals last night, which, by the way, how that game didn't get flexed out of primetime, I'll never know. 31-yard field goal. The kick airborne by Suckup. Is it good? It's good. It's, 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 it's good. And the Bucs beat the Arizona Cardinals in overtime. Buccaneers beat Arizona in OT. And the Buccaneers win 19-16. to One win away from the playoffs for Tom Brady. Defense really stepped up. You know, down 10 in the fourth quarter on the road. Great to find a way to win. And uh, we would add a little bit of Todd Bowles to that as well from last night. It always means something when you're playing for something at the end of the year. You know, you want to be playing December football. You want to play good December football, and you want to play meaningful games. So next week, they need it and we need it, so it's going to be a good battle. Meanwhile, the uh, early game of the day ended up being a fantastic game between the Packers and the Dolphins, almost a tale of like two or three games right in the middle of that whole contest. Over the sideline and picks. Russell Douglas, third consecutive drive that ends in an interception. Tua, afterwards. We offensively, we we just didn't capitalize on our opportunities. And, uh, you know, we, we were killing ourselves uh, with, with a lot of the penalties that, that had happened off of explosive plays. Mm. Okay. Well, Tua went from, hold on, what do the kids say, penthouse to outhouse? The dude was among the top five betting favorites for the MVP. Now Miami's lost four games in a row, and their playoff hopes are very much on the line. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, gosh, the Green Bay Packers are knock, knock, knocking on playoffs door right now. A lot has happened in our favor. All the games that need to go a certain way win a certain way. Now there's obviously much, uh, much left, but... Again, we're going to be. We played meaningful games in December. We won all three of those. Now we're playing meaningful games in January. We got to win those. Um, but I honestly think, Josh, outside of our own personal preferences, the game of the week, maybe one of the most entertaining games we've had in the latter part of the season, came in Dallas on Saturday afternoon. Minshew back for man rush. Here they come. He heaves it back into the end zone. The ball's on the ground, incomplete. The Cowboy defense was equal to the task that time. The Cowboys are going to take it over with 14 seconds left. There you go. There we go. 14 seconds left. They slam the door and the Cowboys get a win. They are still somewhat alive for, um, wait, no, they're not. Are they still alive for the NFC East? No, no, they're not. The, uh, the, The Eagles clinched the NFC East, but... Cowboys very much on their way to the playoffs and seem like they pretty much have that fourth seed locked down. Where was all my post? No, you're right. You're from? right. They're, they're alive for the. They uh, are? Yeah, they're oh, alive okay, for okay. the NFC East. I mean, obviously they need a Philadelphia to completely combust here in these last two, but there's a glimmer of hope. It's like the. Uh, it's like the Monty Python. I'm not quite dead yet. I'm still very much alive. Keep bonking him over the head and try to knock him out. Right now, That's though, the, win, uh, I mean, if this is a lot of shuffling these next two weeks, but 4-5 matchup to open versus Tampa Bay for Dallas doesn't sound too bad at all. 
No, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I guess I just misjudged his length. And, yeah, I mean, he made a great catch, and I don't know if he's had an an easier interception in return than that one. As as I said, I was chasing him down. Like, is this happening again? Oh, well, boom, you score. Let me get back on the field, and let's just get get this thing back rolling. Yeah. Dak Prescott on his pick six yesterday. And let's see, what else did I have for you from the games over the weekend? Eh, We'll ignore what happened in the Raiders-Steelers game. Oh, man. I will that was Heartbreak City. Heartbreak City, dude. Mom was just absolutely crushed. I can't even begin to tell you. I know I fight a lot with Chiefs fans on national radio, but let me tell you guys a little secret here. I'm not just envious, but I'm just down, downright impressed with what they've become and, and just how consistently good they are. Here's Patrick Mahomes after the game on Sunday. I think that's what I've learned as I've kind of grown in my career is when the defense is rolling, not, don't give the momentum to the other team. Keep playing the field position battle. We have a great punter. And play the field position pad, battle, and, and whenever we get our opportunities, we'll strike them. I think that's still a battle for him, and, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, right? He wants to go out and outscore people, but <laughs> – do, do, do you see that in, in the pride? You kind of laugh a little bit. Is, is yeah, I don't think he's learned that? that lesson at all. Okay. That's I right. mean, that's, that's, it sounds great in the press conference, but I, <laughs> the results over the years, I don't, I don't think that Patrick oh. Mahomes has learned that. But, hey, he's Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, you're going to live with some of the bad because the great is, uh, is so great. It's nice that mm. uh, every once in a while he, he is willing to remove some of the risk and uh, just lean on that defense. But generally speaking, man, that's not in Patrick Mahomes' DNA. Yeah, exactly. Um, which will get us to big story number two. Number two. Speaking of guys who may be taking what the defense gives them isn't necessarily in their DNA. You noticed there was a game that we didn't necessarily talk about yet from yesterday's myriad of National Football League contest and and through Saturday and even on Thursday and well that would be our man Baker Mayfield back Mayfield in the gun two to his left two to his right shoots it to the right flat it's Higby at the five fighting for the pylon he's got it touchdown Tyler Higby touchdown LA I can confirm I was much happier about this Baker Mayfield performance than I was three weeks ago on a Thursday night. That's for Baker sure. Baker looking to respond from his first incompletion. Here comes Ooh. the blitz. He throws as he's hit. It's Higby again. Higby wins off the line and has his second touchdown of Christmas Day. There you go. Baker Mayfield, Josh Helmer, back. Back. In the National Football League. Boy, it's amazing what happens when someone just gives you a little bit of confidence. It's amazing what happens when someone invests just a, a, a little bit of time in you. Oh, and it's also amazing what happens when you get to play the Denver Broncos. As the great Barry Switzer would say, they went out, Josh, and they hung half a hundred on him. And by God, Baker Mayfield looked pretty, pretty good doing it. Nice to see. Nice to see. And look, Stafford is... Still under contract for what? He's their guy. Three yeah. more years. I mean, he's the franchise dude, and he's owed a lot of money. But one thing with uh, – well, actually, I guess he's got four years on the deal beyond this one. But Stafford, one thing with him is at times he has been a little bit of an injury concern. So we might be entering that stage of Baker Mayfield's career. I know probably Baker doesn't feel this way, but he might have to work as a backup again for an extended sure. period of time. And if this is where he latches on long-term, again – Stafford, not necessarily somebody that historically always is around every single game throughout uh, throughout each season. So, man, there's worse places to be a backup in right now than Los Angeles. Agreed. 
Agreed. 51-14, the final score. You heard that right. Baker, 24 of 28, 230 yards, two touchdowns. And, again, I mean, that was, that was great to see. I don't think it was like a, a one-hit wonder thing, but uh, they, they played really, really good football on Sunday. For us to play a complete game like that, that speaks volumes. You know, everybody keeps talking about the fact that we have, you know, we're eliminated from the playoffs, but this is a, this is a locker room that wants to compete and wants to win any chance you have, any opportunity that we can get. So it's, it's been fun. This is a special locker room, and I'm happy to be a part of it. All right. Um, so I, I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. From the 918, no more. No, that's Mule Shoes Man. <laughs> did you did you happen to see the picture that made the rounds post game? Uh, no, I didn't. What happened? It was Lincoln, his daughters, and his wife in the tunnel with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, well, I mean, so. look, they, they were important in each other's careers. Yep. I mean, it just it is what it is. By the way, Josh, I'm cracking up as to how many people truly get this show. It's I really I don't know if I've ever been more confident in people that get our stupid humor. Because when you talked about the people bringing back, we got four answers and they're all fantastic. Yeah, they are pretty good. <laughs> Celebrities that <laughs> you'd bring back to have dinner with. Oh gosh, in honor of maybe, maybe, hopefully Pele being a, a premature announcement. Kudos to Baker. Monday Night Football tonight, Indy and Los Angeles, the Chargers. Pick story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Let's uh, let's take you through what we learned at. Cheese It Bowl Media Day as we count down to Oklahoma and Florida State. In the Cheese It Bowl, media avails took place earlier today. We'll dive into what we learn next. Big story number one counting down to the Cheese It Bowl right here on the ref. Let's go. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. We're live from Newcastle Casino. Share a little bit of Jeff Levy from earlier today. We got uh, some Dylan Gabriel audio. I, did you guys catch me chopping that up? Was that on me, Josh, or was it smooth? Oh, it was smooth. Nobody knew. Okay. All right, beautiful. Um, Jeff Levy uh, met with the media along with Ted Roof, and there was a couple of other Sooner players involved. You've heard from Ethan Downs on the program. You've heard from Deshaun White. We're going to hear in just a second from Dylan Gabriel. But speaking of Dylan Gabriel, I – Storyline that developed with this group of media that's there today, Josh, that I'm not going to lie to you, I hadn't even thought about. And I, because it wasn't UCF, I didn't draw the correlation of Dylan Gabriel coming back to, or- uh, to Oregon, coming back to Orlando. Right? I, okay, there you go. There's, there's quite a storyline. Dylan back to Orlando. But also, you know, Jeff Levy back to Orlando. He had spent some time here. And so a lot of questions about the growth of Dylan Gabriel and what he's seen. And, of course, um, a lot of questions about Florida State and what he's seen so far from the Seminoles. Yes, we got to take what they give us, you know, making sure that we're continuing to, you know, fight to, to run the football the way we need to, take care of the football, be great situationally. Um, but, again, they've, they've been really good against the run. They haven't given up a bunch of explosives. They've done a lot of things really, really well. So it be a great challenge, but uh, our, our guys will be ready to roll. So uh, in addition to talking about Florida State, as we mentioned, Dylan Gabriel coming back, he was asked about Dylan Gabriel and what the impact 
was of having Gabriel in his room to start his career at Oklahoma as an OC. I think just from an experience standpoint, being in our league now and, and uh, going through the things that he's had to go, go through, uh, I, I think Dylan's played really well. He'll continue to play better, uh, but proud of his journey and how he's continued to grow, how he's held the locker room together. Uh, obviously, things haven't gone the way we've wanted them to. Uh, and he's done a great job being steady in the building every single day, and so that's what I probably appreciate him about, or appreciate him uh, for the most, is just being the same dude every single day and finding ways to get the most out of his teammates. Hang here, let's get a little bit Jeff, more. Jeff, when of you this. guys, when you and Dylan got together, did it? Basically, two new guys coming into this this program. Did you guys have to kind of lean on each other a little bit at times when it came to this, or, or well, what, what were you expecting maybe out of, out of Dylan when, when he got there? And, and Obviously, there was great familiarity, uh, and that's such a huge thing as you get going. Uh, the, the first day on the job, having a guy like Dylan to be in the room with you is, is special, one, because of our relationship, but two, and it, it makes it a lot easier to, to be able to get everything installed and get everything taught. So, of course, there was, uh, there was great communication. He was able to... Uh, streamline things in, inside the, the walls every single day, which was great. One more here. We get the full uh, label of a name here on this one, too, I believe. A guy you were familiar with at UCF on the other side of the ball, Tatum Bethune, now yeah. is at Florida State. I know I'm sure they're just numbers on the other side of the field, but what, what kind of a challenge has he play, presented at linebacker? Tatum's played really well. Uh, he'll continue to play really well. Was really, really talented. Knew that when uh, when we signed him at UCF, when Randy did, and uh, again, so there's familiarity there, but not surprised at all by his production, the way he's played. Uh, knew he was a great player then, had a chance to be, and, and he is. All right. Um, obviously, the big headline from that, which I, I didn't have time to actually find in the pantheon of questions during the break, was, hey, you expect Dylan Gabriel to be back next year? And Jeff Levy essentially said, hey, you know, we expect him to go out and play great in the bowl game, and uh, then we'll go from there. Gabriel, Dylan, I don't know why I'm saying his last name first, but Dylan was asked what, what I thought was a, was a really good question, you know, of all this where, you know, unfortunately there's, there's not a lot of the Oklahoma media that's been able to make it due to weather, and we're not leaving until Wednesday to get there, uh, essentially to cover the game for the Sooner Radio Network. But Gabriel was asked, hey, for you personally, how did the year go based on the expectations that you had coming into the season at Oklahoma, kind of how you viewed it. How did you see 2022 for you? Expectations. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I really had no expect expectations going in other than, you know, just trusting God and the path he has for me. Um, just super, you know, blessed to be in this position and learned a lot in, in this year just about myself, but also just the journey of life and, and the ups and downs. But I'm um, just grateful for the whole journey because, you know, I truly feel I've gotten stronger and learned a lot through this process. And, um, you know, just to be standing here, it's, it's a blessing. So There you go. Dylan Gabriel. Again, not a situation, Josh, where I think you necessarily got what you would, would want, right? Um, everyone wants to hear, I'm back, we're good, we're ready to roll. But in that same vein, I mean, I just, I don't know, dude, I, I – I say I can't imagine a scenario, right, where Dylan Gabriel goes out and suddenly everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we've got to draft him. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. This is why I'm so against people opting out of bowl games because in some instances you've got everyone watching bowl games. So you can catch anybody's eye. So that isn't necessarily the most reassuring 
answer that Jeff Lebby gave. But in the same vein, you know, as it stands right now, I just I can't fathom a world where Marvin Mims is going to leave based on a day three projection in his draft grade and the same for, for Dylan Gabriel, right? I just maybe I'm being a bit of a homer on this right now, but I just I came into this season thinking we were watching the last of, of, of Marvin Mims and maybe that it could be a one and done for Dylan Gabriel. But as the season progressed and even down the stretch, I'm I mean now I've reached that point where I'll be utterly shocked if neither of them are back next year. I tend to agree too. It just it feels like that's uh, that's the buzz on this thing. And if uh, speaking of buzz, if NFL draft buzz has this thing forecasted correctly, then Dylan Gabriel with one great bowl performance versus Florida State in the Cheez It Bowl, I don't know if he's leapfrogging up the board much from 14th rated quarterback and what they have as a current sixth round NFL draft grade. Obviously, he would like much, much better financial security than that. He'd like much, much better NFL draft security than projected as a sixth rounder, which probably means it's not changing overnight with the one cheese it bowl performance, right? It's going to change with the, the course of a 2023 season performance. Yeah, PFF doesn't even have him in the, the, the top ten guys, right? So, um, I, I, I don't know. Again, I would think – that a college quarterback that's successful, I think that they are in a position to where it might be more profitable for them to come back to school for another year as opposed to going pro and then hopefully making a roster, right? I mean, to me, things would be incredibly beneficial for dealing. I, I feel like he's doing really well on NIL. Right now, I really feel like that he's he's created his brand um, from things that he's tweeted. I'm not going to sit here and try to put a number on it, but it seems as if he's doing well. And listen, if you're going to be a first-round pick, that, that money, even that day two money, is likely going to be more profitable than anything you can ever do in name, image, likeness. But if you're a day three or um, a, a potential free agent, we're now at a point, or or even someone that can throw your name in the transfer portal and feel like that you could get an offer that would make it, I mean, the Spencer Sanders, but, I mean, it's been radio silence on him since he entered the portal. I don't know, Josh. I just, unless you're just done with school and unless you feel like it's time to move on, I feel like for a lot of these guys, it's more beneficial to stay in school than test the draft waters. I mean, Spencer Sanders could easily go and probably end up on an NFL roster and on a practice squad, but even he is still looking for a future home as far as college football is concerned. And who knows, right? Maybe you just put your name into the transfer portal if you're Spencer Sanders to get said name, image, likeness offer from an Oklahoma State. I don't know how much money they could scrounge up, but something, right? It at least uh, alerts them that, hey, we, we got to sweeten the pot here a little bit. For Dylan Gabriel, you're probably at least on the – in the college ranks, you're not getting a better situation familiarity-wise than what you've got right. with uh, with Oklahoma and with Jeff Levy right here. So I, I don't put a ton of stock in the noncommittal response today from Jeff Levy. I just look at it as he's not going to upstage his quarterback and take away his quarterback's moment to make said announcement. Uh, good point. I like that too. By the way, I did dig real quick while we were talking about it. It looks like it looks like. Spencer Sanders could be Hugh Freeze's little pet project in 2023. 
Uh, during his signing day press conference, Freeze made it clear that they were going after a transfer quarterback. We saw over the weekend that, what, DJ Uyunglele? <clears throat> DJ Uyunglele, <laughs> my gosh, is on his way to Arizona State, which isn't necessarily an upgrade, but I, I think a, a pretty good fit for him. Oregon State, and, right? Did I say? Did I say Arizona State? I'm sorry. He visited Arizona State. He went to Oregon State. Thank you. Um, but he's on his way to Oregon State. So you're starting to see some of those big names start to dwindle a little bit. Devin Leary signed with Kentucky, but that'd be an interesting fit. Spencer Sanders at Auburn. As it stands right now, 34 percent of those in the portal have committed. Only two percent have withdrawn. So that number of Players finding new homes are starting to grow. And, um, gosh, with Keaton Slovis going to BYU, you've got – is it Austin Ane? Austin Ane in the in the portal from North Texas? I mean, the guy's like 27 years old. Maybe maybe you need to be in that. What, what did someone put on Twitter? Maybe it's not about being in the college football portal. Maybe it's time to get in the LinkedIn portal. Spencer Sanders <laughs> – That's great. <laughs> Spencer Sanders might be the biggest name that's left uh, at the quarterback position in the portal right now. So – be fascinating to see what happens with him. All right, quick break. Uh, there's a little bit of Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy from Media Day. We'll have more as the day rolls on as we get you ready for OU and Florida State in the Cheese It Bowl right here on the Plank Show. There's a tale about Christmas that you've All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Sit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions a text real quick. From the nine one eight, was that Neil O'Donnell or Tua at the end of the Dolphins game? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm still in utter Neil O'Donnell. By the way, I, I feel like we have to give some perspective because it, it was so long ago with Neil O'Donnell. Because no, 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 no. I was trying to. The, the kind lady here brought me a coffee, Josh. That's very sweet. You. I didn't know that was a thing here. Thank but you. I'm very happy right now. Neil O'Donnell threw, like, three picks in a Super Bowl and dumb Al Davis. Well, RIP to the great Al Davis, but he had this little knee-jerk side where if you were shiny and new, he had to buy you. And he went out and bought, I don't remember, Kevin Smith, Larry Smith, or something like that. And I think he got benched his first year in, in with the Raiders. Oh, Good man. Just terrible. Here's one for the 3-1-0. I was at the Rams game. It was magical. Is it wrong that I told people I spent Christmas Day with Baker Mayfield? Not wrong at all. No. But I'd like to know how that worked out. I'd like to know how that worked out. Because how in the world (laughs) did you and the 310 plan to basically end up at the Rams-Broncos game knowing that Baker Mayfield would be there or – would you, now, granted, 310 is L.A., so I guess maybe it was a situation where he's like, oh, Baker's going to be playing, so I end up getting my ticket. Sorry, I, when I first saw 310, I was thinking Wichita. But I guess it makes sense, right? Southern California, go spend Christmas Day with Baker Mayfield. Let's go. I like it. Uh, 918 on fire. TikTok pranks are the bane of the Internet and bring back Betty White. Oh, R.I.P. Betty White. That goes back to our uh, bit that we had earlier where the Internet is trying to um, – they're trying to – well, they're trying to kill Pele. And as it stands right now, it looks like he's still fighting for his life. So we're uh, at 460-1430. Old, old 
buzz joke. Who would you like to bring back to life? It's a joke, by the way. Um, is that could that get us in trouble? You notice no one does death pools anymore, Josh Helmer, in in, in radio, right? Yeah, who does well, that anymore? Cancelable, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I mean, a big mad morning show, big bit for them back in the day. I don't necessarily. I think it's kind of frowned upon now in, uh, in 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 our in our new era of what's right and what isn't. Uh, Nate writes, I changed my mind. Sean changed my mind. I expect to crush Florida State and hold Jordan to negative yards rushing, and JFA wins the Heisman next year on his way to a natty. Boy, we, we went from 0 to 100 very quick as far as that text exchange was concerned. Um, <laughs> Sean writes, OU words and marketing are always fantastic. It's why we own February to September. Hashtag OUDNA. I had a, had a friend one time in, 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 in the business, if you will, say that, you know what the worst thing is for a bad business? Great advertising. Maybe that kind of doves tail off what you're saying. Worst thing is to end up in a situation like that. Things are going well, even though you're not that good. Okay, um, from the 918, check if Air Force has any opt-outs. They would be AWOL. Now, that's a callback from hour one in the show where Josh and I, as a combined unit, so to speak, decided to move Washington up to our second highest confident pick in the Bowl Mania contest because Washington, of the Power 5 schools, 918, is the only school that didn't have any opt-outs. So, yeah, I'm sure Air Force and Army are doing okay on that front. But as they far deserve, as Power 5 schools, Washington is there. Washington deserves some sort of trophy just regardless. The, for them to have, <laughs> knock on wood here, no opt-outs in general, they, they've already won the bowl season championship trophy of some regard. Yeah, give them a title. Uh, and then a couple of other 180s, right, for – for the start of the show, we went a little hacky, went a little bit oriented because Peyton Bowen flipped, and we were talking about some of the great 180s in sports. Uh, Gene Stevenson, incredible 180. Heartbreaking. Uh, at the same vein, you know, I, I, I think in the long run it, it worked out for everyone involved. Number two, the um, – who would who'd you add in there that I had? Oh, um, we didn't bring up Nick Saban. Someone had brought up Nick Saban, how he kind of spurned Miami – Whenever he had said, I'm not going anywhere, and the next thing you know, he's signing at Alabama. Bobby Petrino would be on that list, right? Uh, 180, he's all in on the Falcons, and, and he's their head coach. And then literally in the middle of the night, he left and was at an Arkansas press conference. Dana Altman would be good in that. Go back, Bobby Crimmins. Cl- uh, Here's one from True Sooner who writes, Parcel spurned the Bucks twice, 1991 and 2002. Oh my gosh, I'd completely forgot about that. Uh, Jay and Tulsa in the 405. Bud Selig nixed deals for the Red Sox and A Rod prior, prior to the 2004 season, and he signed with the Yankees. Oh my gosh. Speaking of nixed Chris deals, Paul. Chris Paul. Yep, 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 yep. Whenever yep. he was going to be a Laker. That would be a good one. Here's another one. Weird, on. how, weird how they both went to, you know, big time rivals instead. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and Mike in Springfield writes, how can it be 2022, 2023 soon and not have a Keurig? Or Keurig. 
Well, Josh's big birthday present was a Keurig. I'll be fair. I just got mine last year. I was a big coffee pot guy. Well, now in fairness, we have, we have one a in, the in the office. <laughs> yeah, right. so that's probably the biggest reason why it was not a necessity for me. But it's great to have it home, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, by the way, breaking news: Nathaniel Hackett out as the head football coach of the Denver Broncos. What took him so long? Why you wait till now with two games to go? I right, got a break. We're back to wrap it up live from Newcastle Casino right here on the ref. I want to thank everyone here at Newcastle Casino. We've simply and merely been setting the table for Parker Thune and Mike Steely coming up next. Is Parker back, by the way? He is not back. And oh, okay. All of which means I get to hang out with Tyler for an hour later, actually. Whoa. Yeah. Look out, baby. Let's go. All right. So, locked in with Josh and Tyler. Uh, if you missed the if you missed the presser, what am I trying to say, Josh? The bites that we played yeah, the earlier media in the availability. show. Thank you. At KREF Sports on Twitter, at KREF Sports, Tyler just tweeted Jeff Lebby answering the question about whether or not Dylan Gabriel will be back next year. You can find that on our Twitter feed at KREF Sports. In the meantime, done for today. You guys have a great rest of your Monday. See you back here in studio with KJ Killer tomorrow on the wrap.